Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, August 12th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Let's get into a lot of stuff on this show, uh, Jay Book. Let's start with the defense. Um, let's start with the linebackers. Everybody wants to know about the linebackers. Um, you know, Jim Knowles said earlier this week that Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers have solidified things at linebacker. Uh, we were out there at practice yesterday. You can see that they took all of the first team reps. Uh, second team reps, uh, mostly Chip Traynham and Taraja Mitchell, although Cody Simon was mixing in there with the second team at times as well. CJ Hicks with the second team. Um, so those might be your top six linebackers. We'll start with that. Your thoughts on the linebacking situation? Yeah, it's, it's impressive that they're able to go ahead and get that first unit solidified. I thought you may have had a situation going into camp that some of those other guys may have pushed uh, Tommy or, or Steele, but it looks like those guys have – handled the the position well and they're going to run with it um i'm actually really surprised that chip has has been able to really jump in and pick up the linebacker position as fast as he was able to do coming from arizona state and it looks like chip has uh jumped some of those guys uh that's been in the program for some time there so overall you have to feel really good about the linebacker depth i know jim knows came onto the big 10 network yesterday from their tour uh, talking about the defense, and he said that when it comes to the linebacker position, he's not going to be rotating a lot of guys. I thought that was very curious. Uh, last year, we saw kind of a hockey line change where, you know, half the team will run off the field and another half will come in there. And Jim said basically his philosophy is when it comes to the linebackers in the secondary, those guys need to be playing on the field so that they can get in some type of game rhythm. And then you may have a third or fourth guy to spell those guys a little later on uh, just to give them a blow. But as far as a rotation, it's going to be a very limited rotation when it comes to the linebackers this season. So if that's the case, um, the pressure is going to be on Tommy to really step up and be the, the Tommy Eichenberg that a lot of people believe that he can be, which is, in my mind, if you're going to start at Ohio State, you need to be playing at an all-Big Ten type of caliber at the linebacker position. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and we'll see. I think um, I like what I'm hearing out of Tommy and Steele. I like the depth there. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, I really think last year we might I, I might have been as guilty as anybody, you know, uh, blaming the players at times. Um, I think as I – maybe this is just selective um, – I don't know, uh, Buckeye-ism, but I think it was mostly the scheme last year defensively. We'll find out this year. We'll find out. Just like in 2018, I, I don't think it was really on the players as much as it was. I think just the scheme that year was was messed up. And then um, Shiano was a little out of sorts, everything that happened at Tennessee, with him getting screwed over. They brought in Grinch because Shiano did a good job in 2016 and 2017. Yeah. It was just 2018 he wasn't good. And then Halfley comes in. We know what happened. I think they're going to be really good this year. All right. Well, and I think – Go ahead. And I was going to say, I think I think Coach Knowles is going to give those guys the opportunity to thrive. And what I say that when the reason I say that is because his comments on the Big Ten Network were kind of eye opening to me where he said this isn't going to be a defense compared to last year, where basically saying last year when they lined up, that's what you're going to get now. 
with this defense, they're going to line up in something to tease the offense and what you see may not be what you're going to get. So I think just being able to mix that in kind of disguise what the linebackers are going to do. And it's not to say, Hey, if they're lined up here, that's where they're going to go. They could be dropping. They could be coming. They could be shifting. They could be twisting. And in that case, then I think that's really going to help the linebackers to play at a high level. I can't wait to see it. You're absolutely right. That's <laughs> the, you know, like the, the main points of a, a Jim Knowles defense. I mean, there's a lot of things that goes that go into it. You want to, you know, create pressure. Um, but I love like the kind of the main points of emphasis. If you want to really want to boil it down, confuse the opposing quarterback, make him uncomfortable, right. confuse the opposing offensive coordinator. As you said, show one thing, do another. They never know what's coming. I absolutely love it. Night and day from last year, where defensive ends are crashing every play against Oregon. You know, and then Oregon's oh, like, okay, we'll just man. run the same play for. You know, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, yeah, okay, let's get it. We'll get into the defensive backs in a moment, but I want to talk about the defensive line. Now, they were rolling. We got to watch all of practice yesterday, which was awesome. And um, so we got a better feel yesterday, and you can kind of tell the pecking order a little bit. But I will caution everybody, like it, especially a D tackle. I mean, they're rolling so many guys. Defensive end, it's pretty clear to me. We've been talking about this all offseason. Now it's come to fruition. that the, There's really like three starters for two spots, and those guys are going to play a lot. We're talking about the two sophomores and uh, JT Tumulowal and Jack Sawyer. And then Zach Harrison, those three guys are going to play. Basically, they're all starters. And then we'll see after that, you know, you got um, Javante Jean-Baptiste, you got Tyler Friday, you got, you know, Caden Curry, um, all those guys in the mix there. But um, it's pretty clear to me that the top three defensive ends are etched in stone. And then at D-tackle, I was expecting to see more of Tyleek Williams. I know you were with the first team defense. He was mostly running with the the twos. He might have rotated in there a couple times with the ones, but – Looked like to me like uh, Teron Vincent, Jerron Cage, and Mike Hall um, were the three getting the most reps with the ones. Again, I would really cautious to uh, you know not, not to look too much into this. You know, I think all those guys are going to play. Ty Hamilton was out there with the twos a lot. Hero Canoe mostly with the threes would rotate with the twos. Um, if you're a Tyleek Williams fan like me, you're wondering why the hell is he running with the twos? I think he's going to play basically starter snaps anyway. We'll see what happens. Your thoughts on the D line, Jay Book? Yeah, I, I'm very surprised uh, running with the twos there for so long. We had talked about it in camp, and we thought it was going to be a situation to where uh, maybe they're just starting him off at the beginning of camp and kind of have him uh, progress towards the ones. And going into the offseason, Dave, I mean, Tyleek Williams, he I thought he had a tremendous year. It's well documented that they thought that he wasn't in the best condition and coming out of the, the winter condition or summer camps, he was getting a lot of praise about his conditioning. So it's something a little funky going on there that Tyleek, uh, a guy who has the potential to be a first team all American. I, I look at Tyleek with his ceiling as being a potential first rounder, if he can really turn on that motor. And I think the biggest thing for them, Ryan Day said when it came to Tyleek is he needs to buy in to being able to stop the run. Everyone can see what he can do getting after the quarterback, but they're, they're making a huge emphasis on being able to stop the run. Uh, Mike Hall, what a surprise. I mean, Mike Hall getting those first-team reps up there and just being able to get in the mix, that's a, that's a great sign for his trajectory. And just being able to provide that depth from Mike Hall is tremendous. The defense ends, I think you're good there, as you mentioned. Um, Coach Knowles said eight to ten guys. I'm very curious about what an eight to ten man defensive line rotation is going to look like now if those guys can come in there and make uh things happen with limited snaps i'm all for it 
Uh, I think it's critical if, if you're a defensive line to just keep coming after those guys in waves. Just keep rotating, rotating, rotating. And if you're not getting any type of drop-off from the second or the third guys that are coming in there, by all means, keep rotating them. But uh, you have to really love what you're hearing about the defensive line. I know the offensive line, they are getting battle-tested day in and day out in practice. And I'm not sure they're going to face a better defensive line uh, all season alone. Maybe – in the playoffs, if they go against a Clemson D-line, that's going to be nasty or a Georgia-Alabama. But other than that, this offensive line are going against arguably the best unit in all of college football. So the Buckeyes are stacked with depth on the D-line, as we all know. Whatever you think about linebacker, uh, whether you're high on the linebackers, you're, you're, you're skeptical about the linebackers, they've got a ton of depth at linebacker. They've got nine scholarship linebackers, so a ton of depth in the front seven. Then there's corner. <laughs> Not a lot of depth, my friend. Um, I mean, they entered camp with only six yeah. scholarship corners. Now you got Jordan Hancock's banged up. Ryan Turner's banged up. Then they had Jansen Dunn out there doing a little bit, you know, a hybrid, you know, safety corner. He missed practice yesterday. Cam Brown's on a pitch count. Here's the good news. None of those injuries are serious. You know, uh, we yeah. heard that from forces. We broke that on Bucknuts a couple nights ago. I asked Coach Day about it after practice yesterday. I even had the fortune – I don't even know if I told you this. I walked in um, to practice yesterday as I was walking through the whack. I'm walking next to Jordan Hancock as I come in. So I couldn't help but ask him, how you feeling, man? And he goes, I feel fine. I'll be good to go. I said, okay, good, good, good to hear that. And then a trainer was asking uh, Ryan Turner, who was right next to me as well, like, hey, how you feeling, Ryan? And Ryan's like, feel much better night and day. My midsection feels good. I run full speed now. So um, great news. Jordan Hancock's a guy that was on the rise. They need depth, Ryan Turner, all those guys, Cam Brown. So not what you want to hear when you have six scholarship corners that half of them are banged up, but none of them are serious. None of the injuries are serious. Your thoughts on the situation at corner? Are you concerned? Where are you at on that? Yeah, I, I will first say, I mean, wow, when it comes to the injuries, I mean, not necessarily a bad thing, but this team is going into the season uh, right now, and if things stand where they are, as healthy as they ever been. And as you mentioned, these aren't really serious injuries. They're taking precautions to make sure that those guys are going to be ready for the Notre Dame game. And it's great news uh, that you're breaking about Jordan Hancock, that he's going to be fine. Um, I think it's critical that we have him ready to go for the Notre Dame game. Uh, I know the injury, what you know he sustained, it can be a, a lingering injury if they're not careful. So it's critical that he takes his time, gets back in there, we know what Jordan Hancock can do um, as far as being one of the top-level guys. It's going to be a matter of just being on the field, staying healthy, and really showing that he can play at that high level once the live game start. Cam Brown has had an injury history uh, previously to this, so I think it's smart that they're taking their time with him, putting him on the pitch count. But I love the fact that they have some of those guys repping uh, who's, you know, kind of those nickel safeties like a, a Martinez, and as you mentioned, uh, the other safety, and then Tanner McAllister's getting in there and getting the little reps at corner. And I think that's more of a situation to where if they get into the season and the injuries are piling up at the corner. At least they have some guys that are able to get their feet wet early on in camp so that they don't have to throw them in in the middle of the season and say, hey, go figure it out. At least they're getting those guys reps right now, which I think is incredibly smart. And it's forthright by Jim Knowles and the defensive back coaches to say, hey, get these guys some reps just in case. 
I'm still surprised they didn't hit the the portal and, and get a corner. When you know they lost they lost Legend Cavazos because I think he could see the writing on the wall that he probably yeah. wouldn't played, but not nearly as much as he wanted to. Here's the thing: right now, I, I believe if my numbers are correct, they're two under the limit, and that's without Parker Lewis, the kicker from USC. Now, once he becomes eligible, if he becomes eligible, um, he'll be on scholarship, be on the team, so there'll be one under. Uh, and th- maybe that'll open the door for a guy like Xavier Johnson to get a scholarship, a fifth-year senior walk-on wide receiver who every time we're out there is making plays. But, man, I'm still a little, like, surprised they didn't hit the portal just to find someone. It, it, easier said than done because it wouldn't have been like a Jonah Jackson situation. I'm not even talking about, like, Justin Fields or Trey Sermon um, where you can basically promise a, a starting spot. You'd be finding a corner just to add depth. But still, I wish they had more than six scholarship corners on this roster. Yeah, you make a great point, Dave. Um, you know, I know there was a lot of smoke in the offseason about Eli Ricks. Should they take him? Shouldn't they take him? They kind of kicked the tires there and thought that he was a guy that maybe wasn't a fit for the actual program. So that was one guy that they were actually looking at in the portal. But you, you hit it spot on. I mean, they're two under with three kickers. You have one kicker that had to switch over to the cornerback uh, spot just to provide some depth. And I have to be honest with you, Dave. That shouldn't be happening at a place like at Ohio State. You you shouldn't have to have a kicker have to switch over to your cornerback position, especially how important the cornerback position is in today's game, where you're you're playing against wide open offenses, to where you may you may be playing four of those guys, five of those guys at any given moment on a Saturday. So I'm really surprised that they didn't go and try to find somebody else. And I think you hit, you hit a good point. I don't know, Dave. That might be a question for for day next time you guys go in there. It's like, hey, did you guys think about hitting the portal up for corner or what? But, yeah, it, it's a fascinating roster management decision to have three kickers, two under scholarship, and you knew going into the camp that that corner position was potentially a spot that may come back to haunt you later. Our guy Patrick Murphy was ready to roll with that question yesterday. I had my questions. We talked about it, and uh, we got Coach Day for over 20 minutes, but still we didn't probably get him as long as we wanted to. He had more important things to do than talk to us. But Patrick Murphy had that question in the hopper but uh, didn't get called on. Um, That question will be coming. I'm sure Coach Day is going to really love us uh, questioning why he doesn't uh, – do a better job of hitting the portal, but uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say this. If, if you guys don't have – if you didn't have such a large uh, contention of beat writers, you may have got all your questions. <laughs> I, I like what you said where, you know, NFL scouts or NFL media come over there and say, hey, you guys are about double, triple the size of what it is in, when it comes to NFL beat reporters at Ohio State. It's crazy. I again, I need to confirm this, but I would bet big money for me, like that's like five bucks, that we have the largest beat in all of American sports. Ohio State football has the <laughs> largest beat in all of American sports. I'm not, that's not like, I'm not being sarcastic. It's not bravado. To me, it's just a fact. I need to confirm it's a fact. When you think about it, I'm talking about including the New York Yankees, the Los Angeles Lakers any other college team, like any name me a professional sports team that has a bigger beat than Ohio State. You won't be able to find one when you're talking about websites, newspapers, TV, radio, everything. It's crazy. Um, It's another thing I love about Ohio State, though. All right, offensively, let's get into this. So depth on the offensive line was the biggest concern, um, you know, for Ryan Day leaving spring. I asked him, like, is depth at corner now your biggest concern? He's like, "Eh, it's it's, it's in the top three, you know, kind of like kind of laughing about it a little bit, not laughing, but kind of joking a little bit um 
But man, I think this depth on the O line is coming along pretty good with jo- with Josh Fryer coming back. Zen Mahalski is a guy that's really stepped up, um, and then Enoch Vamahi. We'll see. The other two guys on the two deep are Jacob James at center and Trey Larue at right guard. Ben Christman was rolling in there a little bit yesterday as well. I think those top eight. I like the top. Eight. I like the starters a lot. Curious to get your thoughts on the starters, but the depth. I think the depth's coming along fairly well. Your thoughts on the starters and also especially how do you feel about the depth, Jay Book? Yeah, pleasantly surprised about some of the guys that are filling out there on the second team. And a lot of those guys, there was a, a major question mark on if they were even Ohio State material, meaning that will these guys ever play here or were they transfer candidates because they were going to be buried in the depth chart. So kudos to those some of those kids that are on that second team that has fought and clawed and punched and screamed and have worked their way into the two deep there because they're going to play. I mean, there's going to be a lot of point in – the season where Ohio State pulls that offensive line because they're up so big. So those kids are going to get reps out there. So you really have to like that. And just having Fryer back is critical to the depth of the offensive line, especially with his ability to be one of those uh, anchors at the tackle position. And I like what Ryan Day said where he said, hey, when I'm talking to that second team offensive line, first we want to find the sixth guy, then the sixth. We might have lost J-Book. That was going to be my final question anyway. Hopefully we get J-Book back. Um, but I think you guys uh, heard the answer, um, the crux of it there. He feels good about the depth. Um, pleasantly surprised. I, w- I would agree with that. It's not exactly where you want it, but I feel a lot better about the depth on the other line than I do at corner. But high-end talent at corner, so I think that's going to work itself out. And at least they're not – those injuries, as we mentioned, are not serious. So um, looks like uh, we had a little connection problem there with J-Book there at the end. But um, – Really appreciate all of the insights from Jay Book. Thank you very much to Jonah, as all as always, on a Friday. Jonah, always coming strong. Really appreciate Jay Book. And uh, thanks to all of you for tuning into the show. Uh, really appreciate that. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. All that stuff really helps. Again, thanks to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Bye.